I'm, I know very little about you. We have awkwardly <laughs> stared at each other for the last eight minutes. It's everything about the concept is what we don't do anymore. We don't just have conversations with people where there's not an agenda. Right? It's like meeting a stranger in a parking lot or something and then like, hey, you want to have coffee? <laughs> yes. Oh, so how are you, you doing? How's your day? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, we are live here with Coffee with Humans with my soon-to-be new friend, Christina. She's still actually a stranger. I only met her about eight minutes ago. That's the essence of Coffee with Humans. Two people just bumping into each other randomly and then saying, hey, let's grab coffee. Before we got on the broadcast, I was thinking if we could have this discussion anywhere, where would that be? And I came up with we, we could be sitting in Iceland in a hot spring. <sighs> Lovely. So if you could have this discussion anywhere, where would it be for you? Love this question. I'm stumped right now. I'm not really a uh, beach person in terms of getting in with the aquatic life, but I do like to be near it and feel the breeze from it. Yeah. And so anywhere by a beach. What drew you to clicking the button to have coffee with me? was searching and I found this one and it grabbed me. It pulled me in and it just seemed your podcast and Coffee with Humans seemed very welcoming that you were really eager and enjoyed just making meaningful connections. Coffee with Humans is like Sunday brunch. <laughs> I love Sunday brunch. <laughs> okay, good. Because, well, you're in the right place. Only sure. there's no food. Um <laughs> We are live, Coffee with Humans, with my new friend, Devish, who is located somewhere in the world. I don't know where. I slipped and accidentally told him before the broadcast that I was near Chicago, Illinois, in the States. Devish, where are you at? Uh, so, Jason, great meeting you. And I am currently sitting right now in Dubai, in the Middle East, halfway across the world. Are you really? <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, That's I exciting. Am. What's What's the weather like in Dubai? <laughs> The weather, it's it's actually pretty nice. Um, it's about 25 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but um, about 25 degrees Celsius. And that's that's winter for us. That is winter for us. That's like we're at the peak of our winters and we're hitting a lows of like 15 to 20 maximum, which is okay. pretty right. warm. 25 in Celsius is 77 in Fahrenheit. That is our winter over here. Man, that's yeah. rough. Uh, I am at 20. Hold on. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get this really accurate. 29, 29 degrees headed down to, I think 19 tonight. Wow. Yep. Wow. Nope. 17. Wow. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah. That's what kind of a warm winter. <laughs> <laughs> Give us time though. We were at negative 30 like two years ago. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I do like eight months in Canada and four months in Dubai. So I'm like at the two extremes. Canada is extremely cold. Dubai is extremely hot. Um, so kind of living in the extremes over here, you know, you would spend eight months in Canada and then four months in Dubai. Yep. That's sort of how I kind of divide up my years. You could say, how does this happen? This is very interesting to me. So I'm actually currently studying, completing my uh, undergrad. So basically study for eight months in Canada and my family lives back in Dubai. So I come visit them for a bit over here normally and uh, normally try to visit them for a couple of months, some, between two to four months. So on average, about, I'd say three months. Uh, so it's like a, f a quarter of the year I'm over here and then three quarters of the year I'm basically back in Canada. Interesting. Okay. So you're finishing up undergrad, you're studying in Canada, and then you head back to Dubai where your family lives. What has coronavirus screwed up for you in this process of traveling between these places? Yeah. No, um, so 
I mean, first thing was um, as a university student, and it was sort of my last year of university. This year has been my last year of university. Uh, it's your last year of university, and maybe uh, sort of when you go back to your university days, the last year especially is the one that you sort of like, you want to check everything off your bucket list because you know it's never going to come back. Right. Uh, and that kind of didn't happen because it was online and uh, kind of we, we had all these plans set in place for our last year and uh, it's going to be a great year and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I ended up spending that um, in Dubai, actually. I've been here for the past seven months thanks to COVID. Um, so that's been, I guess, one pretty big thing where you expected to be there with all your friends and sort of kind of do like a last farewell and uh, <laughs> not really doing that. But I mean, we got a roof over our heads. So I guess there's something going good for us right now. So, yeah, I totally agree. This idea that you come to these end moments in time and you just want to uh, you just kind of want to ride it out. You're like, yes, it's my final hurrah. Have you made any changes in your life or in your habits to kind of give yourself that same feeling of, of, of kind of like a last moment? I, I've always just kind of like accepted it. Like I genuinely feel right now that I've kind of graduated. It's just kind of like, yeah, I guess like I kind of gra- like I've kind of like gone to the mindset that I've graduated kind of like last year and this year is just kind of like an extra year. Um, okay because it's been interesting because it's a little hard to replicate that um, being around all your friends. I mean, zoom can help out. Um, but there's only so many zoom calls that you can do uh, with a glass of wine in your hand, for example, you know? Uh, so um, after a while it can get a little too much, but um, yeah, I mean like, it's just kind of like you kind of roll with the punches and sort of get through it. I mean, it's, it's more like you kind of realize that, Hey, like, yeah, you won't get that last hurrah per se, um, but you're still going to university and you're still, you still got some stuff to be grateful for. So kind of sounds cliche and cheesy, but I guess that's the only way you can really look at it or one of the few ways you can look at it, I guess. Yeah. So what are you studying and what do you plan to uh, do with it? hundred percent. So currently I'm studying uh, business at the business school, um, in Canada currently, it's a business school called Ivy, and uh, it's in a small town. Not a small town; it's about three hundred thousand people, which is um, which is a medium-sized uh, town. And um, it's about a two-hour journey from Toronto. And uh, personally, for me, trying to get into something within the marketing and uh, sort of sales field, especially hopefully within the social impact space as a well. whole. Social impact. Yeah. What's that mean to you? Uh, basically the main idea is that you're trying to further some of the, you're trying to work in an organization that's trying to further some of the SDG goals and sustainable development goals that were written up by the UN. So these are like a few goals, um, that were written up. I don't know the the exact number. I think it's 14 to 16 goals. Uh, don't quote me on that, but it was, um, certain goals that we sort of want to want the world to work towards something like no poverty, quality education, clean water, all that, all that kind of stuff. So, hopefully work in a company or business that's trying to solve some of those issues per se. Is that similar? Um, have you heard of, what was it? I think it's called, is it called B companies? Yeah. B Corps. Yeah. B Corps. B Corps. Yeah. 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 So that's yeah. kind of a new thing that's coming along that companies have to, ha- uh, companies that say they're doing good in the world have to sort of prove it. Yeah. Um, which I wonder, I wonder to what degree that whole B Corp thing is kind of smoke and mirrors, but um I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like there's 
like there's I had a discussion with this about someone about the B Corp sort of the whole structure of it as a whole. And yes, there's merits and it's disadvantages as well, but I would like to say they're doing more good than harm. So mm-hmm. I guess they're doing something at least, uh, whether the efficiency and sort of the effectiveness of what they're doing is at the level that it could be, that's debatable. Uh, but I definitely think they're doing more good than harm, more good than bad, which I guess isn't exactly a, uh, reasoning for them but at the same time i do think they're they're doing a decent job of whatever they are and for our listeners or viewers who don't know what a b corp is um maybe you have a better explanation for it than me i haven't researched it a lot but the idea is that along the lines of kpis such as making money you have some sort of kpis for social impact or doing good in your community or at the you know i guess the sphere of influence whatever you define that as in a corporation is that is that your understanding yeah, yeah, hundred percent, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's it's about the same. Um, and also, they're trying to incorporate maybe more um, ESG metrics, as you said, sort of, which is environmental, social, and governance. So you're looking at the environmental impact that the company is sort of creating, the social impact the company is creating, and then on a governmental level as well. So uh, it's more like looking at a company as a part of a whole ecosystem. I think at times we look at everything very linearly. It's like this affects this, this affects this, this affects this, but the company as a whole is within, it's kind of like the circular economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for example, if you're selling clothing right now, uh, when you're looking at it as a B Corp, you're also considering after the end consumer uses it, your clothing and throws it away, where is it going after? Can it get recycled? What's the material behind that clothing as a whole? So what does the, how does the whole chain with the, from that one piece of cloth that you're using, how does it work? Um, that's sort of how I guess a B Corp would, would look at it. Yeah. I, it seems, it seems like it is a admirable thing to focus on, right? This idea that, we don't just exist in a vacuum. We do exist in a world economy for one that, that uh, has things that we do have ramifications. That's a domino effect. Right. And I remember, I remember thinking of uh, what was this, this video called, I think it's called the end of the line. Super, super interesting documentary about overfishing around the world and how the fish, the, the fish, in developing countries have been overfished for developed companies or countries rather because it's been since i don't know the 1950s or something like that that we've had these big ocean trawlers that just head out there and have these massive nets and just scoop up all the fish and and the damage done to the environment in developing countries because we've already fished the waters around the developed countries you know and and so now a lot of economies that have been used used to eating fish and have been sustained on a lot of fish, which is, you know, uh, small, small boats going out and catching on a hook and line, the fish are gone in a lot of, in a lot of different areas. And, uh, and the thought behind a B Corp or the thought behind this idea of a sustainable economy is, can we actually do that long-term? The answer is no, we, there won't be any fish left. Yeah. uh to for for us in the ways that we expect them now and they and that will eventually have a domino effect for the rest of our economy in terms of food prices and availability of goods so it's it's interesting it's i think it's a good focus that people are finally putting on yeah the idea of the what well, you know, what 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 are the ramifications of our supply chains um the things that we expect you know i mean i'm in the u.s you're in dubai dubai is a rich country uh uh, or 
um, city, right? And uh, Chicago, you know, it's millions, 8 million people or something like that in Chicago. And I'm just outside of Chicago. It's a massive economy, yeah. uh, larger than some small countries. And <laughs> it's like, okay, well, we, we, we move our world in our own yeah. way. We need, we should kind of have an idea of what that's affecting, but we just, we just don't, you know, yeah. most of us don't ever give any thought to it. So, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, I mean like literally on that, like Dubai is part of the UAE, which is the United Arab Emirates, which is the country mm-hmm. and we're 9 million people. So it's about the same population. The whole mm-hmm. country's population is about Chicago's population basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. It's interesting. We live in privileged areas and don't have some, some, I think, I think we lose, uh, we lose perspective. Yeah. Uh, and some people never have the opportunity to have perspective. It sounds like you've traveled a bit. Um, and I've, I've traveled, have the privilege of traveling a bit. And once you get outside of your own little, your own little world, it's like the, the world is a massive place. And we, and there are people who would never dream of some of the privileges that we get to enjoy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, interesting. I usually brought that up. I actually spoke to someone about it and he had a friend and he, like his friend grew up in a small village in India, actually. And, Back then, when he grew up, he grew up in the 60s, 70s, and he's about, um, I think, 50, 55 right now. Um, and uh, he, we were talking about it, and he said that when he was in that village in India with no electricity, no sort of, like, there weren't specific water supplies as well. Like, it was sort of off in the well nearby. Um, they were at their happiest back then, which is very interesting that I found that. He said that he was at his happiest when he was in that village with, like, the basic necessities and then the more he got in life the like he felt like he wasn't at his peak happiness that he was when it was just life was very simple for him which is very interesting i don't know like um i guess coming like when we're from a north american background we tend to think that we want more 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 but maybe are we missing something there i don't know i don't know i'm just this is an interesting conversation to have with someone you know i had a conversation with my father um, a month and a half ago, something like that. And, and I was kind of making the point. Um, I mean, that right, right now in the U S there's this whole black lives movement and stuff. And, uh, regardless of what people think about that, I, my, I just made the point to my father. I was like, we are actually, we are actually so privileged in the United States that we get to choose our movements that we get to stand for. That is a point of privilege. I mean, if you really want to consider it, uh, there are people in the world who actually still live in slavery, as you know, as you know, and there are there are cultures that go to work basically as slaves because there's no other economy unless I go to this place where they just work me to the bone. And the U.S. is like we you know, we've gone through coronavirus and we've we we had six hundred dollar a week, you know, additional paychecks. Uh, because of the economic collapse and, and the, yeah, I was talking to some guy in South Africa and he's like, yeah, the, the stipend is $20 a month and there are more kids being brought into the hospital than there are people for coronavirus now in nutrition, you know, from, or for malnutrition. Yeah. And, and I was like, we are privileged to complain about yeah. whether we do or don't get $600 a month or whose lives matter. And if we take it from that standpoint, uh, I, I was talking to my, talking to my father and I said, you know, we go to, we, we also live in this country where we're told to focus on ourselves for as long as possible. 
Go through school, focus on yourself. Go through college, focus on yourself. Focus on yourself, focus on get a job, focus on yourself, focus on yourself. And I said, we're 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 one of the first, one one of the first or second generations that have had the privilege to do that. In in many cultures around the world, as soon as you're old enough to go get a job, you just work. And and you gotta you gotta provide. And we we kind of live in a in almost the opposite in some ways. And uh and I said, and, it, and, and I said, and it has its own slavery. Yeah. Only we get to choose our slavery. We get to choose which job we want to go be enslaved to, to support the lifestyle that we want to be enslaved to. Because if you ever want to get this stuff to stop with all these things that you've amassed around yourself, you either have to work, 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 and have enough money that you can then be a slave to the stock market or a slave to your broker or something like that. It's, it's just like choose it's choose your slavery. If you're just living with just the, just the basic necessities in a world that is just as big as what you can, as what you can dig up and create for yourself in that place, it's, it is a much simpler existence. And are you more free in that than if you become part of a greater economy to amass goods? Arguably, I would say you are, you are more free. You have less stuff, Yeah. yeah. but there's a trade-off because then you, you know, then you don't maybe don't have certain things like clean water or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. It's complicated. And maybe I want to maybe push this question across. Do you think, do you think there is a way to get out of that sort of slavery, whether that's in small village in the Indian subcontinent, or whether that's in one of the rich, richest towns in, for example, in America, like, do you think there is a way to get out of that slavery? Maybe to some degree, I think, I think part of it is mindset. We're going to be enslaved to something where, whether it's by choice or a choice thrust upon us. And, and the, I think the idea that, um, that we are, whatever circumstances we're in, it's kind of what, what do you want to make of it? Nobody gets out unscathed from life. Life is difficult. Choose your difficulty. Uh, and, and the, there are points I think of better physical, certainly physical and mental, um, uh, places better. You know, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, I'm not yeah. worried whether my water is going to be clean or not. I'm, you know, I, I think I, I was talking to, uh, uh, young, young kid, not all that long, long ago. And they were saying how they, you know, they, they think about school shootings. Now it's like, I never grew up with the idea of school shootings, never even crossed my mind, <laughs> you know? And that's that it is. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's complicated. I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. Yeah. And but, I think it's, up- I mean, we complain in the U S I went to Albania for a little bit and spent I don't know, two weeks in Albania and yeah. the house, there was actually a multi-story apartment building that side of it collapsed, fell off into the street because the, the water over time that didn't properly drain in the plumbing system just ate away at the side. And because they don't have building codes and it's old Soviet era stuff. And, yeah. uh, and I, you know, you go back to the States and people complain about building codes. It's like, well, you don't want to live in a place with no building codes. So 
what do you want? <laughs> yeah. It's complicated. No matter how well you slice it, it's, 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 it's complicated. And, uh, and the, you know, this, I, the idea of this coffee with humans shows that if you take, if you take off of the facade of wherever we live and whatever we have and who, you know, all the people that we know and all sorts of stuff, it's like, we are just people. Yeah. And my life is difficult in some ways and your life is difficult in some ways. And you have hopes and dreams for the future and you have fears and you've got friends and family and all these things that you deal with and the things that you want to you know, deal with in the future and don't want to deal with in the future. We are all the damn same across many cultures. In fact, across all cultures, when you swipe, when you just get rid of the facade on the top of it, we are so much more similar than we are different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think that's what you realize when you start traveling the world, as you said, um, which I guess you wouldn't, sort of learn those experiences it's a lot more hard to learn those experiences if you don't want to go to a country like albania or if you don't sort of push yourself and go and explore that new culture and then you sort of see the similarities between all of them um like in my travels in india in my travels in africa to being in north america wherever i've been and i've been able to connect with people um on a deeper level on a humane level exactly what the show is trying to do at the end at the end that whether you're living halfway across the world from here or whether you are living right next to me in the end you are a human with your own shared experiences as you mentioned um we're all just trying to figure it out some of us a little better than others but uh yeah that's sort of it yeah absolutely i think that's the that's the opportunity in life so whether whether you are uh whether you are well-to-do socioeconomically or whether you're not well to do socioeconomically play your play your role for the humans around you you know and if somebody needs clean water figure out a way to give them clean water and if someone who is uh let's say like uh tony i don't know how to pronounce his last name Hase or whatever uh who is the ceo of zappos right whether you're really well to physically uh but really poor mentally to the point where you end up in a situation like him shunning all of his friends and family and then eventually probably completing a suicide or finding himself in a situation where he couldn't get himself out. Like, are you, are you better off one direction or another? Mm, you're differently off. Yeah. <laughs> and we all have the opportunity to just, I think, influence, figure out what your sphere of influence is and then be a better person in the middle of that. Yeah. And do you think maybe one part of that is defying what success means to you? I think so. Yeah. I mean, everybody's chasing success. In fact, you know, I'm, I'm working on a, uh, a deal with somebody right now. And the answer is how, do you know, when you're successful and most people don't. Yeah. And so now you're now like, even the, even the verbiage of that, like, you know, chasing success, going after success, like it's a point in time. And I think, so John Maxwell, I saw this video just the other day, John Maxwell, and he talked about how, um, I'll paraphrase a little bit, but this idea that we play a role in this continuum of time. And if time just continues past us and it continued before us indefinitely, really, then the best we could hope for is to simply play a profound part in making our period of time better. Yeah. And it ne and we never achieve it. We never like achieve some end because time continues past us and we are this blip on the radar. So what do you, what, what do you plan to plan to like put in place that somehow is going to last forever? 
Yeah. You know, I, what they found in Pompeii recently, a street vendor, a street vendor thing, almost in perfect condition, residue of food still in it. I mean, these, these pictures on the front of it, the paintings and stuff like that of where somebody had stood on the street selling food. What? 2000 years ago. Wow. Okay. They just uncovered it. There was, think about it, There are real people, real lives right there selling food as a street vendor as though we had had like a food truck pull up today <laughs> you know and then yeah. boom destroyed because of volcanic eruption and lost in time yeah. and now you get to un we we uncover it today all right yeah. that that individual at that point in time was making their life i'm assuming better they felt they were they were doing their part to take care of their family and they were making the community better and then gone. Yeah. And we will do the same thing. We yeah. will have the opportunity to do what we need to do or want to do in this moment in time. And then we're going to be gone. We don't know how we don't know when the best we can hope for is to just make our point in time better, hmm. whatever that means to us. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I love what you said over there. And I think one misconception that I've seen that people have over here is that they think that it has to be something extremely big. And of course you want to create something big that could have a long lasting impact generations after you leave this planet. Uh, and hopefully for the betterment of society and this planet. But I think sometimes we can kind of underestimate even the smaller actions. Mm -hmm. uh, and that could be as simple as just waiting for someone, you know, to like waiting, waiting to open the door for someone while they were a couple of seconds away from you at the back. And, I don't know, at least I've seen it with myself is that when a car stops for me at the crossing or someone keeps the door open for me while I, uh, while I'm a couple of seconds away, a couple of meters away, I am more likely to pass that positive action on to the next person is because I'm sort of, I feel like I want to pass it along. So it's like, does that one small action, can that one small action have a ripple effect onto much larger actions? And then at the end, does that mean that we uh, sort of audit our actions and see that, you know, in this situation, could I have maybe done something really small to put a smile on this person's face so that maybe they could put a smile on another person's face. And it kind of, kind of turns into, you could say a pyramid scheme in itself, you know, um, in, in a good sense, a pyramid scheme, but um, that's sort of at least what, I, what I've been thinking about recently and sort of you spoke about it today. So it just kind of like uh, lit a spark in my head, you could say. Yeah, I think every every small action leads to a larger, you know, net result. And it would seem. It would seem that eventually the big action, if it's not built on, if it's not built on smaller actions, eventually falls in just like that you know, that complex in Albania, you know, it, the plumbing didn't work. Who knew that the plumbing over time was going to cause the whole, the building to collapse into the street. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the hotel we stayed at was a beautiful, beautiful hotel, marble, you know, kind of gold coloring stuff. I mean, it was beautiful, amazing. However, the bathroom downstairs in the lobby, uh, uh, smelled like sewer gas, like, Big time because, <laughs> and so, you know, I had, you know, I had to go to the bathroom one point in time down there and I like held my breath, ran into the bathroom, <laughs> did my thing and ran out, you know, took a deep breath <laughs> and the, 
in the middle of this beautiful hotel, they just didn't quite, when they built it years ago, they didn't understand how to vent the plumbing correctly. That's all. Didn't understand how to vent plumbing. Okay. Wow. So you, you take a gigantic, beautiful place, but if you don't take care of those small little individual things, you, you can't use part of it. it. It's like, what do you do? And you can't redo it now. Yeah. It's built into the, it's built into this place. <laughs> and that's just, people just live with it. But we do that in our personal lives too, right? Yeah. Don't take care of the one little thing. And yeah. pretty soon it's like, oh, nuts. And you got to tear it down, start over. Yep. 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 It takes, it takes days and days to build a habit, but it takes one day to break it as simple as that, you know? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh my gosh. Stop it. I ate so much crap for Christmas. <laughs> I'm feeling bloated. <laughs> that's my, that's my, uh, my, uh, I have a confession to you. Hey, so do you want to play a game? For sure, man. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. You didn't know what you're getting yourself into. You said you only watched before the broadcast. You said you only watched one of these so far. Uh, yes. All right. Well, I've been playing this game called watch draw it at a friend, give it to me for Christmas or sorry for my birthday, which was in December. And, uh, watch draw it goes like this. I'll give you an example. We're going to get a card. So let's say our card said draw a frog sitting in a canoe headed for a waterfall. We'd have one minute to draw a frog sitting in a canoe headed for a waterfall. Interesting. Okay. And then we're going to compare our answers. We're going to, we'll, we'll show them up to the screen. We'll get our, we'll get our drawing showed up to the screen and then we, we can uh, talk about who wins. Awesome. Awesome. All right. I got to get my one minute timer ready here. I am horrible at drawing, so not sure you picked the right game, but we'll go for it. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible at drawing too. This is good. <laughs> That's, I think, the point. <laughs> I don't, I've never had like a legit artist get on here yet. I'm hoping sometime for a legit artist will just be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like my sister's sitting in the next room and she's like a incredible <laughs> artist. Like she's trying to do it for a living. And like, I'm over here. <laughs> my frog probably looks like a human in itself. Honestly, <laughs> we all have our strengths. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You ready for this? Let's go. Okay. I'm going to read it off and that'll give us one minute. Awesome. All right. Draw a creature with a fish head and elephant body and spider legs. A creature with a fish head, elephant body and spider legs. You have one minute. Oh my gosh. Let's see here. Wow. Fish head, elephant body. I may have forgotten what an elephant looks like. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, geez. This is uh, spider legs. Oh, no. Spider legs. I've darn it all. I think my elephant looks more like a dog than a spider. <laughs> than a, uh, <laughs> uh, trying to remember. Oh, shoot. <laughs> 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 I, oh i'm gonna have to correct these legs this doesn't make any sense how many how many legs does an elephant does a spider have eight legs or it's six i think it's eight i think so if i'm not mistaken um oh no oh geez three two <laughs> all right that's it <laughs> 
is not good. <laughs> All right. I since I put you on the spot to do this, I'll I'll throw mine up on the screen first. No worries. Oops, that's not it. That's it. All right. This is a creature. <laughs> that is not bad at all, honestly. I was expecting way worse than that. So that that's not bad at all. <laughs> it makes no it makes no sense. Those legs, I drew the all the legs of the elephant first. And then <laughs> and so I screwed it up. Yep, yep, same here. I, I think I'll go for mine. It, it is horrible, right. but this is sort of <laughs> I have that's kind of the spider legs. Then we got the elephant's body, which is I, I have no idea what it is. And then that's the fish um, over there. It is terrible. It is terrible. Yes, I do know that. But yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, about the best of drawing, but we're getting there. That was terrible. <laughs> Loving the honesty, Jason. Loving the honesty. <laughs> Uh, all right let's do another one awesome <laughs> what draw a lollipop calling her mom on her sugar phone a lollipop calling her mom on her sugar phone Ooh. you have one minute lollipop lollipop calling her mom How does lollipop doesn't have arms though? So I'm just wondering what's going on. I noticed that the lollipop is a girl. Why is that? Why does that have to be? Yeah. Sugar phone. Uh, let's see here. Calling her mom. Um. <laughs> On her sugar phone. <laughs> oh, darn it. So she's got hands too. That is what I'm trying to figure out right now. 10 seconds. <clears throat> I'm going to go with a landline. People don't even know what that is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Two, one. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. All right. Pens down. Oh, geez. All right. You got to go first. I did. I went first last time. No worries. I'll go for it now. That is, I. Oh, that is good. Not the be better than the f first one. Um, a little more simpler, that's for sure. Yes, that is great. I like that. All right, I went. I think I went complicated on this. I also drew on the back of the paper, so there's a, a weird oh. elephant coming through. So that's a sugar uh, lollipop calling her mom on her sugar phone. I don't know how her the phone is levitating. Yeah. And I think I got the idea of calling on a phone wrong when I went, mom, she's like yelling. <laughs> I feel like she's yelling. That's phone. actually not bad. It was actually smart because you made sure that, that she didn't have any arms and she doesn't really have any arms. So you, you bought the telephone towards her. I like it. She's got a friend holding it. Maybe she's got a friend holding the, uh, the phone. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. One more. And then I'll... I'll uh, draw a cereal box for a new cereal called Rock Scissors Paper. What? What is this? Draw a cereal box for a new cereal called Rock Scissors Paper. All right, one minute. See, I've never seen these either. I just put them on the screen. Uh, cereal. 
Oh, cool. Cereal box. Cereal box for cereal called rock, paper, scissors. I'll click on some scissors in front of me. So I'm just going to try to model them right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great idea. <laughs> I think. Oh, I'm putting the nutrition facts on this mofo. <laughs> Oh, all right, that's it. I should I should pay attention for longer and count out the time. Yeah. All right. A cereal box for a new cereal called Rock Scissors Paper. All right. Ready for this? Let's go for it. It's my moment. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is actually pretty good. I wanted to make it exciting by putting like pow and wow and then I put up I put up the nonsense about vitamins and minerals like they do on regular cereal boxes. <laughs> All those filled with a bunch of sugar. You forgot to add that. That's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> All right. What you got? Um, so I didn't finish mine. I should have probably looked at the time a little better. But sort of, I was gonna make like a collage of like the paper, the the the, oh, the yes. paper, the scissors and the rock, kind of like forming together, and then was gonna put in some of the. Uh, nutrients uh which is mostly sugar of course um <laughs> at the top over there I, do you think that do you think rock paper scissors cereal would have like little marshmallows of rocks and little scissors like how does it how is it rock paper scissors i don't quite understand um yeah i mean at least when i used to play like rock used to beat scissors and oh yeah it's true uh, we used to sometimes play with rock paper and then we would add our own parts of it, like rock paper, pencil, scissors, for example. And the pencil could beat the paper because you were writing on the <laughs> right. paper. Right. Yeah. It's been a long time since I played rock, paper, scissors. Um, yeah, I know. Those are some good times. Remember my childhood, that's for sure. Yeah. What, yeah. what, uh, what games did you play? Are, are games similar in Dubai as they are in the, like the U S and Canada? Ye yeah, I mean, like as a kid, like you had your playstations and all that kind of stuff. Um, I wasn't a pretty big gamer per se, um, mm -hmm. but I mean, you know, when when you're a young kid, you over here, you got your friends playing as well, so you end up playing with them a decent amount. Um, but not exactly like a huge gamer. What about yourself? I played, uh, I played computer games quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, I so I I played. Uh, we had a thing called Oregon Trail. Interesting. Which about? okay, so the Oregon Trail uh, is a point of history in the U.S. That when people, so when the U.S. was founded, it was found out on the East Coast because it was all the, it was all the, well, yeah. if you don't, if you discount the idea that there were Native Americans already had founded the U.S., but anyhow, <laughs> whatever. But they, we, we ended up with the East Coast, and then people started migrating across the West Coast, and they created a trail of of wagons and this wagon train that would go across. And there was a certain time of year you had to leave early and then you had to make it across there before winter time or you'd die because there was no food and you know, you'd, you'd starve to death. You'd anyhow. <clears throat> so 
Oregon Trail was this uh, game that you were on. It was a little animated game. So you have a computer screen and it would have a little wagon that went across there. And then you'd come upon uh, you kind of kind of clearing. And then it would say, do you want to use a gun to shoot a rabbit? Do you want to uh, paddle across the thing? Do you want to trade with somebody around you? Do you want to use the idea was to get your train, your wagon train across the, the U S without dying of dysentery or wow. something else or starving to death. Wow. That yeah. is pretty interesting. It was, it was really super fun because we had never, we had never uh, had games on computers besides pong, uh, which, you know, the two little things, in the, the, the little ball, ball, that yeah. moved pink, 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 pink. It was, that was our fun as kids. Yeah. We had to make our own fun when we were kids. We used rock and paper and scissors. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm still from that generation where we, we did actually go out and play. Like we actually saw the sun and we played actually. Um, you didn't just look at TikTok videos like my daughter. <laughs> we're yeah. I, I think I'm still a part of that generation that we just like, just skipped it. So like, we were like growing up on social media, but it was just Facebook. And yeah. then when it all came and it all came, we were still a little more mature to kind of deal with it. I guess I, I just came across a uh, story of a professor who teaches in 20 minute increments and then takes a break because she says, that's how we house kids who are now going into college have been programmed to learn because they have a 20 minute, like a 20 minute episode and then a break. And then a 20 minute episode and then a break. So she teaches in 20 minute increments and then it's a five minute break just to like stick with the hab the habit that the mind has been programmed into for paying attention. Interesting. Interesting. But I like, it's, it's like, I've seen like so many different studies. Like some people say 25, some people say 35, 35, 40, 10, uh, one hour, 20 minutes. Like, I mean, it's kind of like, you just kind of try it out yourself and see what kind of works for you, I guess. It's, it's curious to me that like how, you know, in this age where I think, was it Vine that started with the 10 second videos? Like everything had to be 10 seconds, which is ridiculous, I think. And, you know, Vine's no longer with us. So maybe that was ridiculous. But, you know, TikTok, it's these short little videos all about selling music. I think the whole point is, but uh, there's TikTok. The, how does that affect somebody who, who their brain becomes programmed for, I was a dopamine or like you get that little hit of like, Oh, positive, you know, positivity for a moment. If that's coming every 30 seconds or something like that, can, is it even possible to stop? And if we circle this all the way back around to the original conversation, then when we started in this, is it even possible to live a simple life or does your brain at least for a period of time before it becomes acclimated, does it go, Oh my God, I cannot believe we're sitting here doing nothing. Yeah. And you have asked this question to the, I wouldn't say the perfect person to answer this, but as someone that used to post TikToks, but that was more for my business, but uh, because it helped out over there, I was on TikTok and I couldn't do it anymore. Like I couldn't, I deleted the app. Like I was on it for three months. And although I was creating content, it was, it was great creating content, but for every hour I was spent creating content, I would spend four hours just wasting time on the app and I couldn't do it. Like maybe I'm weak. Maybe my mind isn't like strong enough and I didn't have the wheel willpower to like fight it, but I couldn't fight it as simple as that. And it ended up with me like kind of having an executive decision to just kind of like scrap this. 
we're, we're, we kind of like, I went more in on LinkedIn and was like TikTok. Like it was, it was fun while it lasted, but the app has been deleted from my phone for the past, I think three months. Uh, yeah. Cause I just didn't have the willpower to stop myself from using it. Well, that's the willpower in itself, right? This idea of you, we have the ability to choose and you chose the greater good for yourself at the time. I did a sim- similar thing. I used to play, um, what was it? Unreal tournament. This, this first person shooter. Uh, and I used to play this thing years ago over lunch, every lunch hour with a, you know, it's like this network game with some friends who I worked with. And I remember at one point in time, like I would, I would close my eyes to pray and I'd be seeing this like people shooting each other. And I was like, I had, this is too much. I need to scale this back. When I close my eyes, I see, I see animated characters shooting at one another. I'm like, this has got to stop. And so I shut it down. I was like, I got a detox from this. This is no good. It's invading my quiet space. <laughs> like you have to have a presence of mind. You have to have experienced what quiet space even feels like to be able to return to it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And yeah, I mean, at times like when you know, it's taking up so much from your life, like you just kind of sometimes shut it out and shut that part out. Like me saying, Hey, I won't check TikTok. Well, I have TikTok on my phone. You're setting yourself up a failure. Like, as simple as that. And then I've done that. I used to be like, today, I will only do 10 minutes. Today, I will only do five minutes. <laughs> five minutes turned into five hours at times. So I just kind of was like, yeah, this is, it's not working out. It's, 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 it's going on for now. Yeah. It's interesting. It'll, it'll, I'm curious to see what happens with the future generation. Uh, especially now that we've got this COVID thing where it's, they've been left to their own devices, I think, instead of going to you know, going to school all day, they are in virtual school and we know many of them are not actually. And what happens now with this void, this, this influx of quick hit information and energy, and then this void of human connection, what, what are the long-term ramifications of that? What happens down the road? It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely, I don't know if you checked out that Netflix documentary, uh, the social dilemma. Oh my gosh crazy and as a programmer okay as a programmer i was like i've written code that does that stuff i'm like i'm part of the problem (laughs) but it's one of those things that it's a good thing it's like it's a good thing that all of a sudden becomes misused yeah yeah like i was watching a podcast with uh jack jack dorsett i think that's what the name is the founder of twitter um, Dorsey or some of that. Yeah. Dorsey, Dorsey, not Dorsey. Sorry, Dorsey. Um, and, and he mentioned, he's like, we never started this to turn into what it actually became. It was always a good intent behind it, but sometimes good intent with certain actions can also lead into bad consequences, which is a lesson in itself, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It is the law of unintended consequences, which it, we can't escape from it. That's the, that is the, the, the challenge and the opportunity, right? So whether we're thinking about doing social good, uh, for our businesses or whether we're just trying to feed ourselves or, you know, even take care of people around us, the law of unintended consequences, we can only do what we can do. And then at some point in time, we have to say, okay, I exist on a virtual, I, I exist on an, a, uh, you know, a, a continuum of time here. And I'm only playing a very small part, a very small role of what we have almost 8 billion people on the planet. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm one of a time, as much impact as I make around me and can make, 
I'm, I really only play a small role in all of it anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. Well, Devish, we're at our, we are at our time for our viewers and listeners. I'm going to pop uh, this up in here. If people want to connect with you, linkedin.com slash in slash Devish. How do you pronounce your last name? I'm going to take uh, a guess here. Ilikani. You got it. Perfect. Boom. Awesome. <laughs> that was easy. It's like it's spelled. <laughs> yeah. It isn't too bad. Honestly, people struggle with my first name, honestly. Really? Why? Yeah, because I don't know, people, the first E can be a little hard because some people go high with E, some people go low. Oh. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not too bad. Yeah. All right. Well, dude, this has been really good. I'm really happy to get to know you. We should do this yeah. again sometime. Definitely, definitely, 100%. Thank you so much for having me. This was hands down the most relaxed show that I've been on and probably one of the most fun shows that I've been on. Definitely. <laughs> that is great news, man. Well, I put out our link. This is live on YouTube today. I put out the link to tar- on LinkedIn and I also put the link in Facebook. You're going to get a follow-up email uh, with a link to our Facebook group and some things that you can share around. Anybody's welcome on coffeewithhumans.com. I'll talk to you in just a little bit. Definitely. One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls. This has been Coffee with Humans. Subscribe to get updates or click to have coffee with me. Coffeewithhumans.com.